I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Sunday, which means it's time for the front three. On tonight's show, only one person, and that's Dave. Dave, welcome back. Oh, cheers, thanks, man. Where's Where's Adam? Adam's wearing a lion on his back, uh, Dave, because because he's the. I don't know what what does that mean when the England players wear the lion on their back. Does it mean that he wants to go and fight Russian football hooligans for the the glory of of the Queen? Yeah, if you are a football hooligan and you're from another country, go and find Adam. You can't miss him, um, <laughs> and just just tap him on the shoulder and say, "I'm here for." Putin and then whack him <laughs> right in the head. No, no, but you know what I mean. Like, there's, um, you know, the interesting side is obviously um, that that in this Adam will be wearing that lion. That uh, is it. Jack Wilshire was pictured with on his back. Yeah. Don't you find that really weird? Like, is that not just the the biggest signal that you should go and tackle this guy because he was shit in training? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense, does it? Not really. No. But you know. Yeah. Roy likes doing crazy things, doesn't he? Yeah, Roy is off the wall. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a lot to talk about on this Sunday. We're obviously going to cover the Euros mainly. There's a little bit of Copper America stuff that we'll go through as well. And obviously, we've got all your questions because it is Q&A Sunday. Dave, where do we start? Should we start with the games from tonight? Yeah, I think that's a good place. Good night. Uh, obviously, you watched Switzerland, France. I, I watched Romania, Albania, all the Anias. Uh, <laughs> do you want to start with Switzerland, France? You said it was a little... Yeah, it was a it was a very frustrating game for for to be a France fan. Um, I would say I feel that players like Paul Pogba, for example, are just not getting utilised as as well as they should be. You know, you look at the Paul Pogba that played for Juventus this season, one of the best players in world football. Um, but I feel that the distribution, the, the ball isn't getting to him enough. You know, at Juventus, they've got um, Benucci playing out the back, who's very, very good at playing forward passes. We've seen that wonderful um, ball for Giaccarini in this tournament. He's very good at finding attackers in good areas, in between the lines where Paul Pogba really does ex- you know, excel. When Paul Pogba gets ahead of steam, he's one of the hardest players to knock on the bo- off the ball. A little bit like Yaya 
Salvatore and for momentum that it's very difficult to um, to break him down. There was a moment in the game where there were four Swiss players around Pogba. He shrugged one off, shrugged another one off, turned the one guy and then flipped the ball out to Griezmann. Griezmann played a one-two Gignac and got a shot away. But that's what Paul Pogba's so good at, is being in that you know a contained space in between the lines, but then breaking out of that and creating chances. Also, there's no... In the French midfield, it's an absolute mess. You know, again, going to the Juve, Juventus example, you've got Marquisio, one of the best deep-line playmakers in world football that can take the ball and distribute it around and get it to Paul Pogba again in the final third or in a dangerous position out wide or wherever you want to get Paul Pogba or getting him close to Dybala. And I feel like this French team, it doesn't have that at all. You've got, you know, the without um, the, the midfield they played tonight was Kabay and Moussa Sissoko and Paul Pogba. How Kabay and Moussa Sissoko are in this French squad, I'm, I, you know, I'm not too sure about Kabay again. Um, I found I thought he was very very poor. Didn't stamp his authority on the game. Didn't uh, didn't sort of uh, command the, the area. And, and you know, Sissoko's best parts of the game was when he was falling over in the penalty area. I just feel this French team is a little bit disjoint. You know, it's all on Dimitri Payet at the moment. Go back to the goals that they've scored in this tournament. You know, the the, uh, the two goals they scored against Romania were. Um, a wonder you know, goal. Yeah, one was a wonder goal and one was, you know, the Giroud one was it was a decent goal. Then we'll move on to Albania again. There's two goals very, very late in the game. Gignac again, no, Gignac, sorry, Griezmann again, a very, very good header. But then Dimitri Payet, another wonder goal. Feels like this French team, it's not a consistent performance. You're not consistently um, smashing a weaker opposition like a Germany, like a Spain, where you're moving the ball freely. Um, your team looks very fluid. It's It feels so, so disjoint. Again, it doesn't matter too much going into the latter stages for France because they'll be able to sit deep and counter-attack. They need a little bit more width as well. I feel that full-back, there's a bit of an issue there. You know, Sagner and uh, Evra aren't getting up and down as they used to do when they were a bit younger. And I feel it's a little bit of an issue that all the French width does come from those areas and, and they haven't got that there. Again, I've said it before, they I mean, need to throw Griezmann up front. You know, what, what about Evra though? I mean, Evra is obviously the most experienced player in the side at this point. But do you not feel like, uh, you know, this side almost don't, their idea is not necessarily to play with the fullbacks. Um, I, this is the thing. Would they because it goes so narrow? Their attack goes so narrow. You know, you look at Coman who stayed a bit wide, but then the Griezmanns, the Payets, they're they're all cutting in. They're all you know. He's put at the end of it, it was Griezmann and Payet. You know, a right footer on the. Uh, left and a left footer on the right again you need the fullbacks to go wide to break down like an organised defence it's you know it's a key component of modern football and, and the French team isn't doing that I feel that's where you could isolate them in the latter stages you could really isolate those two fullbacks you know Agad Luka I think today could have been a good opportunity to play Samuel Mtiti and um, Michele in the fullback positions just to see what they can do yeah. see if they are a better example you know Samuel Mtiti would be quite good in the latter stages extra height centre back by trade decent on the ball so you know it'd suit that left hand side if it was going to be I do think it should be Anthony Martial Paul Pogba Evra uh, not Evra sorry Titi so Titi at left back Pogba left central midfield and then Anthony Martial left wing again Kingsley Coman uh, he's a frustrating player for me really frustrating um, you know he can have that moment of brilliance but he's been quite frustrating at the Euros you know he's been no, the only thing we remember him from in this Euros is doing one of those Zidane pirouettes and apart from that he hasn't produced anything again would be better off the bench and Anthony Martial a player that's carried United for X amount of time has the ability to take people on and really trouble defenders you know Licksteiner again had a quite poor game you imagine Anthony Martial up against uh, Licksteiner right now would be a, a massive mismatch so again I do feel Deschamps has got, got a lot wrong in this French team but then credit to 
to Switzerland, they played well, they dominated the ball. Zaka again was brilliant. Um, the, the fullbacks again, you know, it's not, not Alexander Rodriguez was very, very good. Jan Sommer had a great game, Olivia. Um, Giroud, not Giroud, sorry, Giroud was very, very poor again, <laughs> very, very dodgy. But yeah, this, this Swiss team could potentially catch a few people out. They work very hard. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, that, that's, that's the issue is the hard work paid off against France because they didn't necessarily have the answers. But there might be a few other sides out there that have the answer, especially maybe a, a more... I, I mean, I, hate, I don't really want to say that the France aren't, France aren't necessarily a well-put-together side, but I do think they're married to certain ideas, don't you, Dave, that, uh, that don't necessarily go well in this tournament right now. And they're not adapting well enough, like you're saying. Like, they're a little bit too into the ideas of using certain players in certain positions and scoring a certain kind of goal? Yeah, I think that, that, that structurally that they are a little bit of a, a mismatch. Again, they could play like Atletico Madrid in a way, not, maybe not so much like Atletico Madrid in how they Atletico tra- uh, attack with crosses into the box, but more of how they defend and how they break because you've got someone of you know, real good quality there. And Antoine Griezmann is uh, so difficult to track if he's running from deep and he's attacking, attacking space from deep when he's got ahead of steam, you know, running ahead of a target man or, you know, getting in behind, breaking down that final line, which would work with a, with playing someone like Ignac and Giroud, but then that's switching the system to a four, one, uh, sorry, a four, four, one, one, um, which completely goes against the four, three, three that Deschamps has played for the last, what, you know, year or so. So it, again, there's just, a, it just seems a bit, a little bit broken, like a great Front four for them would be um, Giroud off, you know, uh, Griezmann off Giroud, and then maybe Martial at one side, Payet on the other side, and then two very, you know, then Pogba maybe Pogba Kante would be a very good system, very good side that'd break quite well. But I just don't feel Deschamps is going to do that. He's going to stick to this four-three-three, which in a way doesn't get the best out of his best player. Yeah. Although, do you need to play always to your best player's strengths? Maybe you want to go wider for the system, which tonight helped Albania make well, history against Romania. Mm-hmm. who also had a pretty good system. And you've got to admit, Romania will feel a little bit hard done by after this game. Albania needed a win and uh, frankly, they needed a bigger goal difference in this one. Um, but who can blame them for wanting to sit back and make history for Albanian football by winning their first match at Euro 2016? It could be three points that take them through, but we've got to wait for the rest of the games to come uh, to, come to an end to find out. It, really fascinating match, Dave. Both sides look nervous. Albania again looking nervous. And Romania, uh, did they deserve to go through to the next round? You know what? They probably have been a different adversary to the one that Albania are going to be um, because their intensity and the organised nature of the way they attacked was probably slightly more impressive. But there's something about Albania. There's that the heart, the, uh, mm. the desire and the, the things which are essentially intangible about this side, which are brought together um, by by a coach who's doing pretty well at this tournament. So I've been, I was impressed with Albania. Um, what, did, what did you think of the left side? I was very, I went obviously going to the Switzerland versus Albania game um, over in, in Lens. Um, I was very impressed with um, Lenji and uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Oh, Aguli, yeah. is it? The left back? I, I, I quite like how they, they sort of, they were, you know, interchanging them. You know, one would go forward, the other one would cover the, the left back slot. One would be the left wing. And it was quite fluid, that. And also the number 10, uh, Sidaku, who scored the goal, you know, the famous goal for Albania. Yeah. I was very impressed with his hold-up play. What did you think of those today? You know, that left side and, and that target, man? I was, I was, you know, I'm especially impressed by the width that Albania seemed to get, especially on the counter-attacks. Mm. Um, and they managed, they've always got an outball there, which is great. Lenji, uh, Lenjani. Lenjani. Um, basically was 
a good outball, but at the same time, I don't feel like there was enough end product there from him. Mm, yeah, that, that was the thing. That's the issue is that actually um, whoever was matching up tonight, which I think was Sapanaru, I want to say that's his name. Um, Sapanaru was matching him up quite nicely. And that was his issue is every time he wanted to go to crossing, it was way easier for him to win a corner and basically settle for that than whip something in and, you know, essentially score a goal from open play for Albania. By the end, Albania again looking leggy. I do think that's part of the problem in this tournament is actually it's keeping your head when you're that leggy. And Albania looked very, very nervous. Um, <laughs> and at the same time, I think that drains them very quickly. And then when they make substitutes, you know, they bring on someone like Loxana, it, it can disrupt the system. And I think that's the issue is that actually there are some sides who are maybe more used to this and uh, frankly, from playing a an Italian, uh, from having an Italian coach, I would have maybe expected Albania to be a little more organised. And there's a lot of what feels like last ditch defending. That's not necessarily a criticism because obviously I think you know they're doing fantastically to get to this point, first win, etc. But but you'd say I, I think you know in the next round if they if they do end up going through, they're going to struggle against whoever they get through against because you know that. Essentially, there are gaps at the back. And tonight, there was the woodwork hit by Romania. There are a lot of chances created. Romania will regret not scoring some of those goals. Um, But Albania could still go through. We'll see. Ahead of some other really good sides. So, you know, they're they're one of 24 teams at the moment, I think. Well, 23 now that um, Romania have gone out. Dave, should we go to Saturday? Mm, Let's do it. You were at a wedding in the evening, but I'll forgive that. (laughs) <laughs> I was having a great time. You've seen, you've seen uh, Belgium versus uh, Republic of Ireland. Talk to me a little bit about the game, because I watched the whole thing through with Hugh Wizzy on TFR Live. It was a good broadcast, but ultimately, uh, whilst Ireland frustrated in the first half, by the second half, they were left, they were left frustrated because everything seemed to backfire on them. Yeah, it was, it was quite interesting. The Belgium goals, obviously, are very critical of Belgium in that first game. Again, in the first half, uh, weren't so great. But you know, the, the two the two key goals that the first and, and the third that killed the game off were both on the counter attack. Um, again, uh, pretty stupid from Martino. Well, not stupid from Martino O'Neill, but it seems like that's a, not where you want to get caught against this Belgium side because they do have that that ability to, to break at you with with the likes of uh, Kevin De Bruyne and. Um, Azard and and then and Lukaku as well. Obviously, he was quite poor in the first game, but did well. Took both of his goals very well. Um, and again, they had they had a little bit more width. Um, the, the the thing the right back created the second goal with a pretty decent cross for Witzel. So again, I do feel this this Belgium team will get caught out by by a top side, but they they probably will get through this group now. I think this was this was the big game, right? You know, if uh, Ireland had won that, they'd been would have been through. Um, Belgium potentially would have been out so yeah it's, it's going to take some time for this for a real click but Kevin De Bruyne created seven chances uh, against the Republic of Ireland um, that was uh, you know f- four more than any other player on the pitch so he's hitting a bit of form again and if you want to build the team around anyone it's Kevin De Bruyne all you need to do in world football simple this game <laughs> simple this game easy mate <laughs> easy bloody easy you got Lukaku on a sweepstake I did Obviously, early on, that's a little bit frustrating, but now, great. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because nobody scored any goals at these Flaming Euros. What the um, joint top scorers? Uh, there's a few players. There's quite a few players that scored two goals, and Lukaku is now there. So maybe, maybe I've got a little bit lucky on the sweepstake because, if anyone, it could be Lukaku because I don't feel there's you know 
uh, Giroud's not scored. Griezmann's not looked too, um, you know, not on fire. Murata obviously had a very good game for Spain against Turkey. Took both of his goals very, very well. If you want to, you know, go back and see a good goal, I think it was Murata's second goal that was uh, following a 21-pass move from Spain. Very, very impressive. But I do feel, yeah, Lukaku, that, that's a good little punt now. Quite happy about that. Yeah. Well done, Dave. Well done on Thanks. getting someone on a sweepstake. Um, <laughs> Skillful. What about Alex Witzel? Because obviously Alex Witzel got the other goal and uh, most people are saying that this was the side that was supposed to start for Belgium in the first game. And they obviously, that was combined with Moussa Dembele in central midfield. And then De Bruyne had a slightly different role as, the, you know, that was because of what Carrasco was out on the right-hand side and, or, you know, depending on whether he swapped over with Hazard on the left. Did you, do you prefer this formation to the original one yeah, that played? Obviously it's preferable in it, they 3-0, but... Yeah, it, it, it works, doesn't it, in a way. You've got... Uh, you don't have Marouane Fellaini in there. You've got somebody that can uh, be aggressive, that can move the ball on quickly in midfield and Moussa Dembele, be combat- combative, take on people uh, deep, holding role. Um, and then with Carrasco out wide, we saw what he could do with Atletico Madrid in the Champions League final. He's a fine, fine winger. So And he's a natural winger. So again, it opens up space for De Bruyne to go out and drift and combine with him and Hazard can be on the other flank. So this system feels a lot better. Hundred thousand percent feels a lot better than um, what they started with in you know against Italy that they they massively struggled. Iceland also somewhat making history. The uh, I mean they were so much closer to history than they probably know with the uh, with the own goal in the eighty eighth minute. But you know close. Well done, Iceland. Uh, Sigurdsson with the penalty penalty that possibly wasn't a penalty. Um, and obviously, they're, that leaves them in a position where they are second to Hungary in the group, ahead of Portugal and Austria, basically level on goal difference with, with Portugal. Uh, it sets the group up pretty perfectly, actually, for the final games. Um, so, obviously, we'll preview those, preview those games come the day. Portugal then, though, Dave, frustrated by Austria. And again, Ronaldo frustrated yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a, a, this type of tournament for Ronaldo. Not coming into the tournament fully fit, obviously picked up that injury before the Champions League final, and um, you know hasn't looked as fresh um, as he has been in the past. Uh, but it, I think you know, I think there's a crazy, crazy stat that came out today that um, I think Ronaldo's had ten shots on goal already. No, not ten shots. Sorry, he's had twenty shots on goal already at the Euros. So that's more shots than um, this, this, I think there's about 20 te- no not 20 teams but there's a lot of teams that he's had more shots on I think he's more than he's had more shots than Italy he's had um, more shall let me just go so more than Italy than Wales than Turkey than the Czech Republic than Sweden it's absolutely insane you know this this fellow and just you know next level so I think he'll pull out the bag in that last game and it'll you sort of carry them through and that's how that's going to sort of go down yeah, but I mean, he hasn't pulled them, hasn't pulled it out of the bag so far. A lot of people yeah. making a joke, so you can swap back with that kid now. Um, yeah. yeah, but he, obviously, it hasn't been pulled out of the bag so far for Portugal. What could they do to make maybe his? Because obviously, there are there are shots, and then there are shots, aren't there, Dave? Yeah, I think there's the, there's the quality of the shots, isn't it? And that, that's a big thing for 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 any player. You know, if you're just shooting for the hell of it, and you're not shooting in the right area, then. You know that can become an issue. You know, you do want players to have a high volume of shots, but if they're doing it instead of playing a pass or instead of playing a through ball, you know, trying to uh, take the game to the the opposition by themselves, that can become an issue. But I feel with Ronaldo and with this this uh, Portuguese setup, it's a different setup to a lot of the team. As as we mentioned in the preview, it's um, it's 
without paying playing a, a true number nine. So again, maybe they could they could look at that, um, bringing it in, potentially bringing Rafa in, starting Rafa from the start. Rafa, a player that played for who did he play for this season? I've just forgotten for Braga this season. Mm-hmm. Um, played as an attacking midfielder, scored uh, over I think it was like twelve goals, and now he's moving to Benfica. He could be someone that could be quite interesting, a bit of a an X factor. But again, they went with quite an aggressive system with Karesma, Nani, and Ronaldo. So maybe that was a little bit too much. Um, but they, you know, the selection of William Carvalho, I thought was 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 decent. You know, someone that can move the ball a bit quicker than Danilo from deep. So it's it's one of those things where this Portuguese team might be one of the. You know, we always have at tournaments, we always have teams that struggle through the groups and then they really they 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 bang in the knockout stage. And I feel Portugal could be like that because they've got a very combative midfield that you'd imagine would be very very good. Kind of you know coming up against any other midfield, you know, in terms of their pressing, in terms of their herring, their tackling. You know, someone you know with. Um, uh, Moutinho in there and is that the Andre issue Gomez. with Portugal, Portugal though, Dave? they say they got those like those attackers but you've never seen them bang at a tournament you know they've obviously got to find mm. against Greece there's a number of different uh, iterations of this uh, Portugal side maybe even going back to the Figo years when you know they were supposed to be doing so well but it's the end product you know it's all well and good getting to a semi or something like that but does that really matter? Yeah, I do. I think that's the big thing, isn't it? It's getting over that line themselves. Um, but I feel with it, because I feel there's a, there's a right combination of players in there. They just, again, it's a manager thing, similar to what we're saying about Deschamps. I feel that the Portuguese manager thing, is it Paulo Santos? Yeah. Um, I feel like he needs to find that right formula, but that kind of happens. Sometimes you do stumble on it, especially in a tournament that you've got to win. Well, how many games you, you've got to win to win the final? Well, they've got the last 16, then the quarters and the semis and the final. So technically, if they can get through the group, they've got to win four games uh, in 120 minutes plus penalties. Sure. And if he can stumble on something in any of those games, then maybe he's there. Talk to me a little bit about Friday night, Dave, because I'm fascinated to see what you think about Italy, Sweden. Italy, so far, the darlings of the tournament, um, in the sense that they've played the two most complete games from a lot of people's uh, angle. That back line of BBC, hello, um, and, and up front, uh, you know, Eder, who most people are questioning and most people's comment is instantly, oh, you could do better at Inter Milan. Um, and then a midfield, which the shape has continually sort of changed throughout this tournament. Yeah, I think Italy, Italy's a really interesting one. Yeah, standover, you know, see you later. Uh, Ronaldo, Bale and Benzema, we've got a new BBC in town. The, these lads have been very, very, very impressive. All three of them, Chiellini, Benucci and Barzagli, have been absolutely awesome. Buffon's been brilliant. The shape is so good. I think they've got great balance with playing Candreva on the right-hand side and then either um, it was Darmin on the first, uh, in the first game and then Ferenzi in the second game as the left wing-back. Their midfield looks very good. It's got a lot of aggression in there. They've got Daniel De Rossi holding, being the, the sort of the ball player. Then they've got um, Parolo really putting pressure on the opposition, putting in a lot of tackles. And then Giacarini that again has exploded in international tournaments, scoring goals and being the creator. Um, up front, they, they did have a slight issue with uh, Pella and Edda through the game. Zaza came on and he was very, very good. Zaza's a player that could be, again, Sort of like like your Jacarinis that sort of turn up at an international tournaments. Zaza has been at Juventus this season after having a fantastic campaign at Sassuolo um, when they got promoted back into Serie A. But he's a player that's a little bit different than Pella and uh, and Edrin in that he's a he's a midfielder that plays up front in a way. So he's a little bit more creative. And as soon as he came on, the game sort of changed. You know, look at the goal. It was a throw to Zaza that little flick and little flick to Edda who finished it very very well. But I feel with this uh, Italian team is they just look so comfortable when they're defending. It's the 
what's really nice about it is how it's so fluid from one flank to the other. So what you get is um, if the if the opposition are building up with the, the fullback, uh, the sort of the wide central midfielder will go out. So they play with De Rossi holding, and then it's like you know then it's Parolo and Jacarini are the two central midfielders ahead. So what they have if the balls with the fullbacks or it's deeper midfield, they'll go and deal with it. The wingbacks won't. But then when it gets to you know a wide area, what will happen is the wingback will go up. Um, and the back four will transition and swing around, so it'll become back four again, and then the wide player will sort of join the midfield and be pressurising. So in a way, it looks like a it's a three-five-two, but um, if you zoomed out um, when they're defending wide areas, it looks very much like a four-four-two. Uh, the only issue I would say with Italy was they did struggle at breaking Sweden down. Again, it was a little bit because they were vacating that space in central midfield. So at times, De Rossi had the ball. The three centre backs behind him, De Rossi would have the ball in midfield, and there'd be no options. So Giacarini and Parola weren't looking to come and receive. It. And again, that's where I feel like Zaza would fit in perfectly because he could be the man who'd be dropping a little bit deeper off the forward line and you know putting an extra number in midfield, but also looking to take the ball and turn and then get the you know move Italy into the final third. Um, you know, and combining with the likes of Frenzy or Candreva. Candreva's had a very uh, a fine Euro so far. So I think with Italy, they they are looking very very strong. But have they peaked too early, Lawrence? That is the question. I don't know if you can peak too early with a side that's got such um, under or almost like low expectations. Especially as it doesn't seem a lot like they've really had to drain themselves in any game. I think that's what's been impressive for me is I've never really seen Italy have to exert themselves so far. I know Sweden made them work for it, but that's not the same as making them work for it, is it? Mm, I think that's it. Yeah, the, the, the test will come is, you know, I feel if they cope uh, against a team that makes them dictate the play um, you know that sits off Italy in a way they, they might struggle a little bit more but I feel with with players like Benucci uh, with De Rossi building from the back and then you know bringing in the likes of Insignia and um, Steph, Stefanel Shahawi that haven't even made it on the pitch yet um, two very talented forwards and um, what Conte was trying as well in uh, just before the tournament was playing a 3-4-3 as well as this 3-5-2 so if they do need to score a goal you know they ta- tactically they do have flexibility there where they could bring on two wide forwards and then play a little bit differently you know get the ball wide um, use the wing backs use those wide wingers and, and get crosses into the box for the likes of Graziano Pella or Edda whoever's um, whoever's still on the pitch you know there's, there's a lot of options there so this Italy team again quite underappreciated at the start of the tournament but you can't really under you know you can't really undervalue a team that's got Benucci, Chiellini and Barzagli and, and Buffon that's just a you know you could put anyone in front of that and they do well <laughs> fair <laughs> enough um, uh, let's, let's go for the Czech Republic Croatia Dave have you seen the um, the training that Peter Czech does with the 20 uh, he's got like 20 water bottles in front of him and they kick the ball at great speed at these sort of differently filled water bottles and as as it's so they're on their side essentially so they're sort of you know not upended but essentially fallen over water bottles spread out and the ball's obviously going in one direction it hits one of the bottles and goes off in a different direction so he has to sort of deal with the fact that the ball changes its direction very quickly it's a nice training method and obviously shows that you don't need sort of all the equipment they've got all the gear and all the ideas um, <laughs> or no idea and no gear and all the ideas depending on the way that you see it um it's impressive but it didn't sort him out enough not to concede two goals yeah, they were, they were good goals as well. Uh, they, you know, that, the first uh, Perisic goal was a, was a beautiful finish. He hit that so, so well. Very nice combination play. Nick the ball in midfield. Bang, they broke. And I think that's what Croatia do have a bit, quite a lot of variation in how they attack as well. Uh, they do have players that 
um, are good on the break, but then they also have Luka Modric and Rakitic. I thought Rakitic was so good in the game. Um, go and look at the stats. He was uh, created the most chances, completed the most passes in the final third, and dribbled past the most players uh, of any player on the pitch. So it was a it was a very very good performance from Rakitic. A different role. It's sort of like the severe Rakitic that used to carry them in the final third in terms of creativity, in terms of goals, in terms of assists. So it's nice to see Rakitic, you know, going back. And I can't wait for maybe, you know, when he has to, I don't want to, I can't wait, but when he has to, does um, sort of retire or whatever, it'd be great to see Rakitic back into that role for Barcelona, maybe. Or if he moves on or whatever, just to see Rakitic back at attacking midfield. Because I feel I, that he's he's yeah. so good there. I almost feel a little bit like Rakitic. He's not, he's not wasted at Barcelona, but I feel like I'd love to see him in another team. Hmm. Like another tip, like Mourinho's Man United, Rakitic, that would be a very, very Mourinho's good combination. United, I'd love to see him. At, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, that there's a lot of players in that side, but imagine him in an Arsenal team. Yeah, and to give you something else, wouldn't he give you a bit of leadership? I do think uh, that's what Arsenal it, it's the, it's the, it, he's maybe what they bought Riziki for a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's never happened, but it's, you know, with Granite Jacker, they've, they've got a very decent player coming over. For them, obviously. Um, what do you think about the scenes? Obviously, the the uh, flares, the the flare that exploded that nearly injured that steward uh, from the Croatian fans. Do you feel that the you know England, obviously, you know Russia, sorry, have been given the suspended ban if they do anything else, they will get thrown out of the tournament. Do you think something else like that needs to happen for Croatia because they were ugly, ugly scenes? They were ugly scenes. Um, I, I I think there's a big difference between deliberately trying to injure someone and causing a causing that problem. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I, and also I feel like there's a very different sort of intent from Croatia but I guess that could be again down to the media and the way that they view it um, I, I think any set of fans that are irresponsible definitely need to have uh, something put against them but my issue with it is it, 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 for me it's, it's very different between the two can you see where I'm coming from with that? you yeah, can't yeah. necessarily say that it's not the same as marauding through the middle of the town and kind of uh, imposing yourselves yeah, on yeah. another set of fans. There's, there's a big difference between the two. But at the yeah, same I think, time, I totally see where anyone would come from if they were, especially as it's putting other people in danger. You know, there's, yeah, I think that there's was one thing, thing in two sets of brawling fans, but definitely there's a real issue between the, the, the big difference between the two. Have you seen the, there's, there's some footage of, uh, I think it was an Irish fella that was filming it from inside the ground. And when the flare blows up, I think, you know, you can hear people sort of scream and it does put a bit of panic around there because obviously, you know, the terrorism issues that have happened in France in the last year or so, that have been absolutely disgraceful. Obviously, it's quite worrying. So for that, to, you know, the explosion to be there, not the greatest, but also I think Clattenburg refereed that very well. It was Clattenburg that was refereeing that game, wasn't it? And I think he did, you know, he dealt with the situation very well. Credit to him and, you know, Do you great think those referees are going to be briefed about that? I think those referees are going to be briefed by, about that because mm. that is that's something that I think uh, you know a lot of people are very conscious of at the tournament. That's why I think it's the biggest sort of element of irresponsibility, and maybe something that you know y- young guys just aren't as worried about is the the idea of terrorism anywhere. And you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of people who maybe aren't as sympathetic to the idea as a lot of people in maybe France and England are. Mm. Um, and I think we also kind of forget the regions that other people come from and the fact that, you know, this is, I, I was saying to someone earlier today, I almost feel like it's a bit of a shame it's being held in France. Um, not because, you know, I don't like France's hosts or whatever, but I, 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 I see the merit in holding it in places that are not necessarily developed in the same way or maybe have, you know, I, I see, I saw the merit of holding it in Poland and Ukraine a few years ago. I saw the merit of holding mm. the World Cup in Brazil. I see the sort of corporate cash in and then the way that people treat France very differently to the way that they treat Poland. 
Um, and I sort of see an air of like decadence and sort of like, you know, oh, this is ours. We'll do whatever we want with it. Um, and I worry about that because, it, you know, I, I don't think that's all that football should represent now. I don't know if I made that point in the clearest way, but um, <laughs> moving on to decadence and everyone wanting to um, impress Spain versus Turkey, Dave. Uh, frustrated for quite a while and then suddenly it was again head versus heart against Turkey isn't it as Turkey hair around the pitch like headless <laughs> chickens um, Spain essentially took advantage and Morata came away the, the hero of the game yeah Morata picking up the two goals had a very good game took them, took them both very well but I was very impressed with Nolito his movement was excellent during the game um, he he was always on the move and I feel he wa- he wasn't doing that in, in the, the first game it just felt a little bit stagnant but he scored he took his goal very well um, created more chances than any other player on the pitch got the assist for the the first Morata goal with, with a decent cross so I feel like he could be a player like we, we kind of mentioned and we touched him before that gives Spain something else he's a player that's not coming to the ball he's going away from the ball and he's running in behind he's, 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 he's I think it was his movement for maybe the he wasn't involved in the goal but I think it was the the second Murata goal, just go back and watch his movement. He's just constantly on the move. He's constantly going in behind. He's constantly pulling his full back around. And I think it opens up space for, I think it's Jordi Alba that gets the assist for the, the goal. And just watch how Nelito pulls the full back in, um, the opposition full back in. And, and Jordi Alba just sort of like sneaks in behind him and then cuts it back for Murata um, to, to finish. Yeah, and there was obviously the issues in the first game. I thought they were crossing too much. They were crossing from poor areas. They kind of, uh, negated that, but it, this Turkish side isn't isn't the best team in the tournament, so they expect expect this Spanish team to to go very far again. Andres Iniesta, what he's got three man of the match performances in the Euros in a row. That's the final, um, the final that they won, and then the, the last two games completed ninety four percent of his passes, created three chances. Um, it's amazing completed. how much of the play goes through him, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's just become the the, the, the pinnacle, the Xavi in a way. Like the Xavi stats for the. Um, Euro 2012 were ridiculous. Like his passes in the final third, his number of passes he complete were like outrageous compared to anyone else. And I feel like Iniesta's finally now taking that role on a little bit differently. Obviously, Xavi was Xavi, Iniesta's Iniesta. They're very, very different players. Iniesta has that slightly different way of dictating a game, but it's still a fantastic game. It's a fantastic way to, to dictate a game of football and great to watch. It would have been interesting to see what Xavi would have done at this tournament had he have remained, at, say, one of the top leagues. But mm. he says it's one of the best decisions he's ever made. So. <laughs> good for him you know I mean, he, he did enough he's not one of the kind of guys where you sort of like oh you left too early mate although he did just in a different sense mm. I think that was the kind of like Barcelona needed him to leave in a way to, to sort of transition the side so yeah it's, but imagine him in Italy it would have been perfect in playing for Juventus Xavi at Juventus That'd interesting be headline uh, from today I mean if we're talking about people returning to Europe Pirlo saying that if Carlo Ancelotti calls on him then he would go back to Bayern as a coach mm. I mean that is that would be pretty fascinating That'd be cool. That'd, That'd be, so, be so cool. cool. You're right, Dave. That'd just be cool. Um, <laughs> should we go? Should we go through some of the questions? Then we'll finish the show off with uh, s- some some previews for tomorrow because there's some pretty big games. Um, yeah. What do you feel about questions? You, you, what kind of what kind of vibe are you down for, Dave? You've done a, a video on your channel recently about Mkhitaryan going to uh, going to Manchester United. You clickbait whore. <laughs> Um, what have I become Lawrence what have I become what have you become you've just become someone who chases numbers Dave and I always thought that you were the master of numbers not the chaser of them (laughs) maybe maybe I'm just making the numbers chase me Lawrence maybe it's the other way around I mean I don't think that numbers chase in that way but uh, Alexis 
Blitzen says Mkhitaryan suited to the PL tends to be inconsistent and go missing for parts of the game I agree I agree I feel like he is a playmaker that uh, does go in and out of games but I feel it's in a way that's your responsibility as a team to get him the ball at the right times a, a little bit like United this season not getting Martial the ball enough uh, you know go out you know 10 minutes in the game won't touch the ball that is the responsibility of the deep line playmaker that's why Paul Scholes was such a genius because he knew when to play the, the when it went to you know if there was a weakness if United were attacking down the right and they, they were getting somewhere you know Ronaldo was destroying their left back they kept on going that way and I feel with McTierian it's like that if McTierian's having a good game continually get him the ball keep getting him the ball because when he's in full flow he, he's cracking one of the biggest things that He's good at is his timing of his run uh, for getting him in behind uh, defences. And if United will probably will sit a bit deeper than they did this season you know, with Mourinho, they will be counter-attacking. McTierney's a perfect man. Um, scored three of his 11 goals on the counter-attack uh, last season for Dortmund. So you expect big things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If Victorian does sign for Manchester United. Mm, interesting. Uh, what, about, what about that idea, though, Dave, that, you know, obviously Mourinho signs a certain kind of player. He does sort of, does he fit that profile? This is the thing. Yes and no, because he does. McTierian does work very, you know, defensively. McTierian works hard. You know, Thomas Tuchel gets his players to work hard. Jurgen Klopp gets his players to work hard. So McTierian wouldn't be, you know, averse for that. He did play. Uh, interesting enough, he actually his best goal scoring season at Shakhtar Donetsk, where he scored twenty five goals in twenty nine games. Played as a second striker in a way. Um, a little bit like how Griezmann plays the role where he was breaking in behind and he was, you know, countless one-on-one finishes, chips, uh, sort of curling the ball around the keeper, so forth. But he's he technically he's a good player, but maybe not your typical Mourinho powerful player, but more of a, a technical, gifted, creative player, you'd say. Definitely so. Um, Dave, there's a worry from uh, Mortada Nasir who says... Granite Xhaka's disciplinary record, a concern for Arsenal. First of all, uh, Mortada, I definitely say that Arsenal don't tend to worry so much about disciplinary records as over the past few years they've definitely had um, questionable ones. But uh, go <laughs> ahead, Dave. I don't think that's an issue. I think he's a combative player. I think it's a, it's a bit lazy uh, punditry from people that says disciplinary record is an issue because... Um, they potentially don't know enough about the player. You know, one thing that Xhaka does do, he wins the ball back a lot. He makes a lot of tackles. If you make that volume of tackles, like your Ngule Conte um, amount of tackles, uh, you're going to get bookings. You're going to get yellow cards. You're going to get sent off because that's the nature of it, right? You know, if you're making uh, ten thousand, you know, a thousand tackles, 
potentially you're going to miss time. Um, but, I mean, yeah, well, like a, a, a I guess that's the case. But at the same time, if you're making, you know, 10,000 good tackles or you're a better tackler, mm, yes. then, uh, you know, does does that necessarily mean there's maybe space in his game for him to be Yeah, 100%. 100% there, definitely. But what I quite like about him is he's a little bit nasty as well. Like in the game against Albania, I think I think it might have even been his brother like tackled him and like nicked the ball off him. And like five minutes later, he just like pretty much two footed him. But that's kind of what Arsenal need, don't they? Arsenal do need a bit edge. of bite, yeah, a bit yeah. of bite, a bit of edge in midfield. So I wouldn't be, you know, as an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be um, adverse adverse to it at all. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of the game. Solomon says. Um, so will we ever see a British national team? I know it's a touchy subject, not for me. I, to be honest, I don't really care. Um, but imagine the potential. Yes, imagine the England team, Dave, but with Gareth Bale in it. Mm, we're quite nice. Gareth Bale, Ashley Williams. Anyone else? Ashley Williams. Um, it'd be tough, wouldn't it? Shane Long? Darren would have made it Oh, Darren Fletcher would be in there, wouldn't he? He'd be controlled in midfield. What about, um, I mean, could you say any of the full, I mean, fullback-wise, it seems like... Inc- oh, yeah, you'd probably pick up, wouldn't you pick up Seamus Coleman from Republic of Ireland? Does that count as a Great Britain team? Um, uh, that's true. Um, it's a touchy subject. It is a touchy subject, Dave. Why? Why <laughs> did you have to unearth it? Um, uh, I, I'd have to have full uh, squad lists in front of me. It's, it's also the fact that uh, who would then manage them? Because obviously, I don't feel like Roy Hodgson barely inspires <laughs> English people. Would you want like a Gordon Strachan type figure? Oh, oh God! Or even a Martin O'Neill, or to know how much you're a big fan of Martin. But, uh, yeah, but he wouldn't allow certain kinds of players. In the, uh, That'd be the issue, wouldn't it? Martin wouldn't be very good with the diversity of the side. Yeah, Martin, this is a, re- a reasonably diverse side. Yes, I know, but no, no fags. What? <laughs> Nothing. See ya. Um, Not again, Martin. Martin, for fuck's we've sake. Been this. Um, I, you know, I think it would be a love. It's a lovely exercise, but it's the same as saying to some other people. You know, why don't you put? Uh, all the Mediterranean states together, yeah. or, or all of the Moorish Empire together at one point. It's mm. a bit of an outdated idea at this point. Um, <laughs> although maybe maybe we'll feel a closer unity with those other guys when we're not in Britain anymore and Boris Johnson, the massive oh, dark God. cock, is at the head of everything. Um, God, he is a cock. That's the best way to describe Boris Johnson. He's just a cock. Dave, Ahmed Youssef, who uh, picks out some of maybe the best strands from anything uh, in terms of journalism, he's an uh, Australian journalist, says... Um, what about this bromance of the Euros? Uh, two guys of different teams, but both with similar hair. And he only just noticed it tonight, he says. It's um, Alaba and Kingsley Coman. Both have that sort of blonde dye on mm. top. Dave, will you dye your hair blonde on top with me? Yes, let's do it. Uh, only for Adam, charity, though. How would Adam look if he... Oh, God, that'd be really funny. That would actually be hilarious. Adam, Adam with blonde Adam hair. Adam with blonde tips. Just the blonde tip, oh, Dave. <laughs> What about the Aaron Ramsey on Adam? Or the Justin Bieber, whatever you want to call it. You know, the bleach blonde. That'd be great. That would be well funny. There are, there are. I mean, there have been other things like that in the past. Didn't the entire Romania team dye their hair blonde once? Did they? That's sick. Romania, blonde hair. Anyone else forming a bromance at this Euros, Dave? Um, Yeah, it was the entirety of the Romania team, by the way, in um, the World Cup 1998 they did it. Uh, let me, let me. I'll load up the story. Um, um, I think Pogba and Griezmann, they're doing a lot of stuff together. You see them in training doing all the flicks and, and tricks together. So I think they're, they're uh, becoming pals. Obviously, yeah. both going to be playing at Manchester United next season. So it's good to get them, you know. Go over to Dave Talks and find out more about all those <laughs> fictitious headlines that are going on. 
Um, all that I, evil, like the sun. I've got, I've got to admit, I do, I do like a good bromance. There are some good ones. Uh, who else has got a good bromance going on at these Euros? It's a shame, really, that Xabi Alonso isn't a more prominent player, isn't it? Because mm, he'd, he'd have bromances left, right and centre, wouldn't There he? were sort of little bromances blossoming between him. You know, Pepe Reina was a good bromance to have a few years ago. But he's sort of fallen out of, uh, of favour, if you like, with that Spanish side. Mainly because he's not a consistent footballer as side who have been challenging. Although, has he kicked yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, let us know your big bromances of the tournament. Obviously, there was a massive bromance um, between uh, Jack Wilshire and the Lion more recently. <laughs> um, did, 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 uh, I'm just reading through this Romania thing. The Romania team photos taken on the pitch before the World Cup 1998 group match against Tunisia. Um, the legendary Haji and his teammates with their bleach blonde hair looking eerily similar to the uh, blah, blah, blah. Some people are just stupid. Dave, does there's one thing? I don't know if anyone else has this experience in their country as well. But tonight I watched Albania versus Romania. Romania versus Albania, if you want to put it right around. Mark Lawrenson, unless he's commentating on players that he knows, just makes gross generalisations about every other country <laughs> yeah. until, until he hits something that's maybe even vaguely true. Like, for instance, he, I, I thought Albania weren't playing all that bad against Romania. Romania were clearly the better team. But uh, all, that, all that Lawrenson had to say was... Oh, uh, yeah, they were, they were terrible. And I was like, brilliant. Okay, so that's all the insight you're going to give me on, on the team that I'm watching tonight is they were terrible. <laughs> Do you ever think that? Like that that's yeah. just really frustrating. Yeah, it kind of, it does, it gets to me. It really does. Um, I can't, there, was some, there was a line today, actually, in the France game that was just utterly wrong. <laughs> I think it was about Zaka. Yeah, it was about Zaka um, and saying he wasn't something, he, I saw he made some sort of remark, he wasn't combative. Or he doesn't win the ball back, and but then you the, look at the stats. He's won the ball back. I think there's only one player. I think it's um, a player called like um, Baum Lingarten or something like that. Some mains player. He's the only player that's won the ball back through interceptions and tackles in the last two seasons I more think it's, than Zach. Baumgartner, isn't it? Baumgartner. That's yeah. it. Baumgartner. Yeah. And it's just, what are you what are you doing? He really is a combative player. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for some more questions. Uh, what formation and lineup would you personally use for England next game? I'm going to I'm going to ask you that one in a second, though. Um, your best player of the Euro so far? That comes from Vroom Joshi. Um, I'm going to say Andres Iniesta. He's been absolutely awesome, absolutely awesome so far. Um, you know, really carrying like what we spoke about before. Really carrying this uh, this Spanish team with his creativity. Again, Rakitic has been good. Uh, Modric has been pretty awesome. Um, I've enjoyed watching uh, Krovac. I think he's been awesome in both of the games as well. So, yeah, it's been some really good midfield performances in these Euros. Uh, who's been your favourite pundit of the Euros so far, Dave? Um, I quite like Bilic seems to be quite a decent bloke, Ooh, to be quite honest. Obviously, him, you? obviously, I um, have previous with him. Yeah. Um, Rio as well has continued his... Uh, Do you really think I, Rio's good? What, what, I just I, good I feel like... Uh, I kind of like how... I like how he's trying with stats. Like he's trying with it. Like he, he's trying to integrate them into the game. He knows they're important, and uh, you know he's trying to remember stuff, which is is it's good. It, it's an improvement in the right. It's a step in the right direction. I think Wrighty is pretty good. You know, I like him right so far. Yeah, he's good lad. Um, but yeah, that's probably about it, though, isn't it? What um, frustrated me today was with Thierry Henry was talking about Raheem Sterling's movement, saying that he was staying too wide, not allowing Danny Rose to get forward, which is completely the, the completely wrong. Raheem Sterling's been too narrow. Um, and Danny Rose has been attacking. I just, 
It's unusual, isn't it? Because normally Thierry sort of manages to watch another player like that and sort of... I feel like Thierry Henry's best when he's not giving criticism, he's giving advice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's his kind of punditry, or at least that's where I like to see him anyway. Um, let's, let's find another question for you, Dave, because I like hearing your answers. Uh, Dave, do you think, though, considering that Bilic has been a good pundit, um, he will have a good second season? This question comes from Charles Antoniades, and he says, do you think he'll have a similar season to Roberto Martinez? Yeah, I kind of do. I think that's a very, very good point. Top question. Um, I feel that it will be how you see Sam Allardyce's structure. That's a good defensive structure. You know, like David Moyes' good structure at Martinez. If this was going to happen to anyone, it'd happen now to Bilic. But if Bilic does, um, you know, sign uh, a good striker, uh, they, they keep hold of Payet, they, they continually uh, look to... Um, recruit players in the way that they're doing it. I think they will be okay, but it, it could, it, you know, it could happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Um, how they they would still score goals, but potentially defensively they wouldn't be as good as they were this season. Mm, good point, uh, Dave. Your best kit of the Euro so far? I think it's going to be the Spain one. The home, the away. White, yeah, the white one. Yeah, I've got that one. That's what about you, Lawrence? Um, got to admit, Albania's kit surprised me. It's a lovely kit. Mm, that's nice, I bought it? that one. It's a nice kit. Nice um, red. A lovely red. And then they they went for black tonight. They they basically got the same kit, but in three different colours. And mm. it's it's a nice kit. In red, it looks good. In white, it looks good. In black, it looks good. It looks a bit like sort of, it's got sort of, I don't know, like a grill on the front of it. There's something <laughs> quite aggressive about it, uh, which I like. Um did, what was your experience when you were over there at the Euros, Dave? Did you did you? What was your experience with the Albania fans? Good, yeah, very good. They were very um, vocal, very, but not 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 in a bad vocal way. They were, they were backing their team. They were supporting the team. There was no animosity with the the um, Swiss fans yeah. at all. It was a very lovely environment. They were, you know, they had like that great. What what's the what do they call the Albanian teams? Like Shakiri or something like that. Shapiri. Uh, sh- yeah, I think it's. I don't. I don't I don't. I'm. No, I'm not going to do it justice. But that basically means Albania, but in uh, in Albanian, essentially. So when they were chanting that, that was good. That was like a ringing around the ground. But yeah, they were they were good. And I hope that they do get through. Really do. Yeah. That. Uh, I, yeah. I think they they could just about make it by the skin of their teeth. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, Dave, uh, who there's Juan Vargas says NBA finals predictions, Dave. Obviously, you know you you know it's game seven tonight in the NBA. It's three all between okay. between who, Dave? Who's playing in the NBA? Um, it's the Golden. What are they called? The Golden State Warriors. Good right? against against who? Uh, is it the LA Clippers? No, it's it's. Cl- I mean, you know it was you know it was a C though, didn't you? You know, is yeah. It be, is it who else could it be though, Dave? Could it be? Could it be? Um, could it be Dwayne Wade in the Miami Heat? Could it? Mm, no. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Lawrence. Correct, Dave. Well Googled. (laughs) So who do you think is going to come out on top? LeBron and the Cavs or Um, Stephen Curry and the Warriors, Dave? um, Right, let me quickly, let me just, let me consult my mystic ball. Okay, is this where um, you pop one of your balls out of the trousers and just sort of... <laughs> yeah, flip a coin on it. 
I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors because they've got that uh, that fella that's like Lionel Messi of basketball. The What's MVP. Curry. Curry. That's right, <laughs> yeah. Dave. Do you like curry, Dave? I do. Curries. What's your favourite curry, Lawrence? Uh, something quite um, something quite mild, actually. Mm, fair um, yeah, I, I'll go for that. I'm, I'm like a Stephen. Um, yes, I guess so. What about your favourite curry, Dave? I am. Um, I, I quite like making my own curries these days. So I sort of, uh, you know, proper proper old school Indian recipe. Um, what what but, do you go for, Adam? Ah, shut up the lines on your back. <laughs> do you not think that's also a little bit? It's like some. It's like a really clever sort of um, uh, metaphor by the England team that the lion is on their back. Yeah, because it's such. I don't know. Is it supposed to be like a motivational thing? Because I don't understand. Well, I guess you don't want to be pictured with a line on your back because everyone will sort of know. But at the same time, if you know that, you know, like say Harry Kane had to wear it, it could be a little bit humiliating for Harry because he's sort of been criticised in the media anyway. <laughs> you know, whereas with maybe with yeah. a player who's open to banter. Have you seen that um, Jamie Vardy has blocked his doppelganger, essentially? Has he blocked him? <laughs> Apparently he has, because I don't know if you saw, it's just, it is quite embarrassing. I, fi- I find it all quite embarrassing to watch because first of all, people are interviewing about his experience about looking like Jamie Vardy. Now, that's, fun. that's weird. That's the same as you getting interviewed about looking a bit like, I don't know who you look Th- like now. Thomas um, Muller? Thomas Muller. <laughs> and, and, so, and then you sort of going, yeah, we've had a good season. Um, I just find it all a little bit weird. I didn't mm. get it. Yeah, so I've scored t- uh, 20 goals in the Bundesliga this season, <laughs> Lawrence. I'm going down that line. <laughs> can you, but can you imagine if that was the way that you spoke? He's finally blocked him. Apparently his girlfriend had blocked him even more. His, I mean, his wife, sorry. Uh, his wife. Is, weird. She, is, she says some interesting things on Twitter. I'll give her that. <laughs> she actually she actually tweeted someone back who was saying something along the lines of I, I beat you on FIFA she tweeted them play me you cunt <laughs> I've like, I'd never tweet that at someone anyway uh, she's she's a fascinating she's a fascinating Twitter uh, personality uh, I, I really really want to read that that is very very funny uh, well before you do Dave um, most exciting young prospect from the Euros or Copper um, let's stick with the Euros because that's sort of a specialist subject at the moment. Um, I think uh, Mbulo was quite good for Switzerland when he came on uh, against Albania today. wasn't so good. I think he probably needs to play wide at the moment and then you know get a bit bulkier to play centrally. Um, other young players that I have seen at the Euros, Kaputska, really enjoyed his performance. Um, for Poland, I was a bit upset that he didn't start the second game. I thought he deserved, he did enough in that first game to get a start against Germany um, other young lads in the way Emre Moore that's come on a little bit the sign for Brussels Dortmund has been okay Kings of Coman obviously he's been playing Marcus Rashford I thought he was quite good when he came on um, against uh, Wales I thought he gave us a little bit of um, attacking pace output um, going at the opposition Anthony Martial's obviously not played enough minutes same with uh, Renato Sanchez been looked good when he's been on the pitch so there are a few of the names that I go with, Lawrence. Who have you been? Have you been impressed with any of those young players? You know, um, I was, I was, I was considering who I thought was young at this uh, tournament. I, I still find it fairly harsh the way that people sort of criticise Raheem Sterling. It, I find it, mm. I find it difficult. You know, you and I were saying pre-podcast. If he hadn't moved from Liverpool, what would people be thinking of him right now? Would there be a different? Um, would there be a different perception of him? Do you think? I think there would be, yeah. I think that if he'd stayed at Liverpool, he would have 
um, got on to that next level. I think that was a big thing. I think we mentioned it when we were speaking about the move that, again, it was a, it was it it's just a bit too early for Sterling. He needed a, a good four or five years at Liverpool, uh, you know, move on when he's 24, 25, when he's learned the game and uh, learned to handle the pressure. Because quite frankly, now at Manchester City and uh, for England, he's he's getting a lot of criticism, and that can affect a player's confidence. And yeah, he hasn't been great in this um, in this tournament so far. But you know, he he needs to be smart. He really does need to be smart. He needs to get re- well under Pep. He needs to be working hard, really, really hard. No messing about. Just you know, extra training and after after the game, it's this is re- this is his time that he needs to go. Do you feel like there's uh, there's a big difference between because it's interesting to watch. Um, interesting to watch the difference between maybe this generation of Italy. I don't think we've seen a, pl- a generation like this in England that Italy have right now, you know, the sort of Bonucci generation for quite a while, a player with that kind of mentality. Which players do you think match the Italian mentality? I don't mean in a sense of, you know, going down or any of the sort of truisms, but who matches that that rock-solid, dedicated element is there anyone like that for the England team that's a real difficult one isn't it again you know you could look at some of the you know you could look at someone like Harry Kane that did at times did look like that for for, for Tottenham that he looked like he could carry them in a way I don't think defensively I don't think they've got someone like that I think Joe Hart for all his good stuff you know like the the, the save or the you know the, the save that should have been made for the Gareth Bale free kick that should have uh, never happened. I think in midfield, maybe, maybe Eric Dyer has that, that tactical edge to him, but I don't. It's nowhere near this Italian mentality. I think that's again we kind of like look down at it as, as a bad thing. Picking up a yellow card in the centre of the pitch for for it's unsportingly. It's, it's not English, but consequently you've got to do that if you want to win football tournaments. You have to take those fouls because it stops the it stops the um, opposition scoring a goal. And full stop that wins you a game of football, right? I'm not sure I 100 percent agree with that, but I mean, mm. d- d- would you feel would you feel uh, comfortable with someone Luis Suarezing it on the line? Yeah, if my team wins the Champions League, yes. would you really? Yeah, but surely your team would have it marred by the fact that you won the Champions League by handballing something on the line. Is that not seen as very as an unsportsmanlike element there? Mm. You see, I don't think my team would be very sporting, though, Lawrence. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'd be teaching them all the tricks in the book. If it's in the rules, if, the, if it's if it's not, you know, if you're not going to get sent off for it, then why not? You know, what I mean, obviously that was bad, and Luis Suarez, it wasn't a good reflection on um, Uruguay at that tournament. But they 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 went on to win that game, right? Uh, yeah, they did because they because they yeah. missed the penalty. Mm, exactly. Interesting stuff. Um, d- uh, also, Dave, who would you take charge of if you were a manager? If you could take charge of any team at this Euros, who would you want to take charge of? You don't necessarily have to say France or Italy. You can say anyone. You don't. And they don't have to be a tournament-winning team. But who would you take charge of? Um, that's a very good question. Um, I'd, I would quite like to do England, to be honest, and to, to put, get them to play a three-five-two. That'd be the game. Mm. What about you, Lawrence? Who would you like to? Who would like to drag out the? I take I take Albania first of all, but then I'd also take I'd take uh, I don't think I want Italy because I don't think the Italian guys would look up to me enough. Um, oh, who would I go for? Really, that's a good question, Dave. Germany would be good, maybe. Um, Germany would be an interesting team. I do think I'd get along with the German guys. Hmm. You know, oh, who would I go for? I'd be interested. Uh, let me just. 
Mm, who would I want? I'd quite like Poland as well. Poland uh, would be perfect. I'm not sure I'd like Poland because I think I'd be a bit frustrated by Poland at times. I'd just build my team around Lewandowski. It'd be fine. I, I'd be interested to see how Croatia and Czech Republic would do because I think I'd quite get on quite well with the, the talents of Croatia. Mm. Your Modric's, your Rakitic's. Yes. Your... I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to work it out now. Um, mm. I, I'm not sure I want a Pogba or someone like that. Would I want a Romania? Would I? I wouldn't want a Belgium. Do you know what I mean? I want someone who I know is. You know what? I want Turkey. <laughs> I go. I go. I think I go full on with Turkey. And that I'd, I'd get. I give them a little bit of head to go with that heart they've got. What would, yeah. you, what would you go for? Mm, I think yeah. I think that would be quite cool. quite Turkey would be interesting, but then I don't. I don't think you could, you, you know, you're not going to be in the, the knockouts. You're not going to be in the semis, the, the quarters. Should be a bit upsetting, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, Dave, should we finish off with a preview of uh, England tomorrow night? England. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, good. Uh, Dave, England finish off tomorrow night. They finish off group... What group are England in? B. B. Uh, they finished with Group B uh, against Slovakia. England are technically the away team here, but that doesn't really matter. Um, England versus Slovakia, 8pm, BST. Preview me. Boom. So, Lawrence, who are you going to play up front? Who is your starting strikers? Uh, Star- Sturridge and Vardy. Mm-hmm. What system are you going to play? Uh, I'm going to play a four-four-two okay. uh, with two sitting midfielders and two attacking midfielders, which essentially works out more like a four-three-three. Sometimes, is it? Is it I mean, you know what, Dave? It's not a million miles away from the system that you described. France wanting to play at the beginning of the tournament, where it was actually more like a four-three-two-one or a four-three-three. Hmm, that would work quite well. I'd, 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 I think I'd go with a flat four. Um, play four-four-two. Um, ah, yeah, I do. A flat four would actually work quite well with this team. What, what I really liked was I quite liked Eric Dyer and Wayne Rooney. When, when England changed the, the two up top, and I think it was for about 15 minutes after, it was probably about 45 minutes to the 60 minute mark, they were playing a flat four four two, And it worked really well. I don't know why he changed it back to that four three three after they nicked the goal. Um, I thought that was working well. Rooney and Eric Dyer looked very good um, in central midfield. In a way, Adam Lallana and um, uh, Rashford, when he came on, looked good. Um, a little bit deeper, like making that bank of four and then having uh, the two forwards up as well. So I, I definitely, I'd, I'd stick to the, the, the four four two. Okay, fair enough. And then how do you think the um, the Slovakia team are going to play? Because obviously they've done very well so far. Um, they're also vying for top spot in this group. And if they beat England, then well, they, they've got it essentially because I, I don't know how, I think Wales will draw against Russia. I think it's all about containing one man for Slovakia, and that is Marek Hamzik. Um, had a very, very, very good game um, against Russia. Um, played a dropped a, dropped actually deeper, so he, it, the, they set up in like a four-two-three-one system. Hamzik plays like the number ten role, but what he did for the first goal was he dropped between the two central midfielders, actually picked the ball at defensive midfield, pinged a thirty-forty-yard pass. Um, out to the out to uh, Vladimir Weiss, who cut in and scored a really good goal, cracking pass. One thing that you need to be wary of Hamzik is that he, you need to basically pick him up. 
somebody needs to be on him pretty much all the time um, so he doesn't get those zones or he needs to be passed on. There needs to be a communication there of, you know, if Eric Dyer is picking him up in defensive midfield, then uh, when he drops into central midfield, maybe Wayne Rooney has to press him. And then if he's going further than that, Sturridge or Vardy needs to pick him up and it needs to be that communication because if you give that lad a moment, um, he will he will kill you. You know that the, the the assist for the first goal was that give him a split second he turned head up beautiful pass. The the goal that he scored was a short corner. Russia were, Russia weren't organised. That's what England need to be ready for is short free kicks, um, short corners because that was an absolute banger of a goal. If you're not seeing it, get on YouTube right now and go and check it out. You know picking the ball up from a corner and, and smashing it in. And I feel that Hamzik is is their big danger man. Obviously Vladimir Weiss uh, took took his goal very well, but it is all about Hamzik. Interesting idea. Okay, okay, I'll go with that. Uh, what do you think the final score is going to be? England one, Slovakia one. Oh, so England still go through top? Um, or do you think Wales, Dave, are going to win against Russia? That's a point. I've got a really bad feeling Russia are going to go through, you know, in this group. I don't, Dave, come on. No, I just, I've just got that. No, I, I don't believe it, but I've just got a feeling that they're going to... Nick a win. It's, Russia have been really weird. They've played rubbish both their games until like the 75th minute and they've played really well for the last 15 minutes. So if they can start well, I don't know. But no, I think Gareth Bale will be a too much for the Russians and I think I'm going to go with Wales 2, Russia 0. What about you, Lawrence? What is your score and your group final prediction? Dave, um, do you really think Russia are going to do it? Nah. What? Come on. I've just got a weird feeling. That's it. Do you know when you get those weird feelings in football, you're like, oh shit, this this could blow shit up. Okay, I'm going to go... Uh, oof. I'm going to go 2-1 to England against Slovakia. Yes. And I think Wales will win against Russia, which I actually think that uh, will mean that England and Wales finish top of the group. So you've got Wales on six, England on seven, uh, yeah. Slovakia on three, who still could go through if they um, don't concede too many goals against England and then Russia obviously bowing out of the tournament exactly. thank God for that uh, well yeah I feel a little bit sorry for their fans <laughs> yeah yeah no I digest I jest exactly well done Dave uh, <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't had that much abuse from Russian people yet but I, I really don't want to tempt that um, as, like we said I think I'm going to be sorry to see the back of some Russian uh, fans well, whilst we're here actually let me try and find what um, Alex tweeted us just the other day uh, basically, I, I asked one of the Russian fans what they would do with uh, their Russian team. And let me see if I can find Alex's reply. Let me see how much you agree with it, Dave, because it, it, it was actually a really good reply. Um, Alex said, and this is really going a long way back. Uh, he said, spot on about uh, Golovin. He's a number 10, forced to play deeper due to injuries um, to the likes of Denisov. And then we mm. said, what would you do? He said, I'd start... Uh, Glushikov ahead of um, Mamev and I'd start uh, start Shirkov at number 10 um, not on the right I'd like to see uh, Samadov and he said had a good season at Lokomotiv so basically he'd make quite a few tactical changes Dave you know I could agree with the Shirkov definitely I feel like he's a bit of a miss um, a player that, that's sort of um, you'd say coming to the, the latter stage of his career 34 years old but he's always been good at international tournaments Roman Shirkov um, a player that was was, was very good uh, for Zenit for a, a number of years when I think he fell out well, Denisov and him fell out with the, the board and they both got moved on but I feel yeah he could have a bit of an impact um, again uh, uh, Gustav what was that right is that 
Luke's Shaktov, whatever he's called. I've absolutely butchered his name left, right. Oh, the Russian it? fans will know what you mean, David. That's what yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. I think, yeah, he could start. He's whenever I've seen him. I think he's, he played for Lokomo. I think he plays for Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, and again, he'd give them some doors Spartak now, but it was a locomotive. Would give them a little bit more um, beef in front of the back four. So yeah, I think a few changes. I'm, I'm a bit just upset about Zubar. I thought Zubar would have a really good tournament, and he's just not really he's not scored yet, has he? So he's got some goals in him, though. Funny though, because uh, every strike that you seem to tip for a tournament, them seems to Flop. fall down a black hole. Dave Jonas mm-hmm. for Brazil. <laughs> that went well, didn't it? Excellent, Lawrence. It went really well. Yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Okay, well, uh, let us know who your flop of the tournament has been. Of course, we'd love to know all those different things. Uh, Dave, the Cup of America is going quite well. USA play Argentina on Wednesday the 22nd, and then Colombia play Chile. Argentina uh, coming through with an impressive result. USA coming through with an impressive result. Colombia obviously coming through with an impressive result. But Chile, Dave, coming through with the biggest result of them all. 7-0 against a Mexico side that a lot of people were tipping to go much further mental absolutely mental game unfortunately I didn't see it but um, Eduardo Vargas with the four goals <laughs> what did he have for breakfast that morning Dave God Weber could, could Vargas play for a, another side yeah well he's where is he at the moment he was at Hoffelheim at the end of last season yeah um, it was, was, was okay he's an interesting player he always seems to perform really well for Chile and whenever he goes on to a club side, not really getting the side. He has made a few mistakes. Obviously, his first trip to Europe was at Napoli. Didn't get in the team there. Then he went back to Brazil. Um, then moved back to Valencia again. It was a very there was a lot of transition in that Valencia side. And then went to QPR, which was very stupid. So if he gets the right side, I feel that he could be a decent player in Europe. Really could be. Uh, but I mean really fascinating results for that obviously USA coming through against Ecuador Colombia uh, through against Peru obviously on penalties and then Argentina absolutely thrashing Venezuela Argentina looking pretty dominant in this tournament Dave it's going to be well I mean it's virtually impossible at this point for uh, USA to beat Argentina right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think they've got look, they've got some good balance now. They've they've um, uh, sorted out their midfield in a way. They're playing um, Augusto Fernandez, you know, the aggressive uh, Atletico Madrid midfielder with Benega and Mascarano. That's got good uh, good balance to it. And then they've got Nicolas Gaetan, who had a fantastic season for Benfica, starting left midfield, Higuain in the middle, and then Messi on the right. So I think they've they finally found a combination of players that, that work together, and they did absolutely demolish Venezuela. You know, Messi having a hand in three of the goals. Uh, Two, two assists and a goal. So I feel like, yeah, they're, 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 they are the favourites, obviously. Are they? It's theirs to lose, you'd say. Although Chile looking very impressive. It's going to be, a, it, it could still be, and this could be the fascinating part, uh, no CONCACAF team in the final. The only chance, obviously, at this point that CONCACAF have for getting there is USA, the hosts. Um, can those hosts take it through? We're going to see. 2am uh, UK time, so join us Wednesday night. Uh, if it gets to a final, when, when it gets to the final, Dave, which I believe is on the 27th. Maybe some of us guys should stay up and live stream it or do something around that. What, um, what day is that, Lawrence? I think that might be a Monday night, Dave. What's your problem with that? No, nothing, 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 Lawrence. I don't have a problem with anything. Yeah, good. Uh, well, let us know how you guys enjoying the Cup of America and Euros so far. Uh, we wanted, uh, What we'd also love to see is all the stories that you guys have enjoyed so far at the Euros. We're going to put uh, a couple of videos together over the next few days of the best goings on, etc., etc. Be part of the front three. Be part of the whole. I am the whole. Um, and essentially, 
you can uh, you can help us out. Uh, Dave, if people want to find your stuff and they want to go find that Mkhitaryan uh, preview as to what would happen if he did sign for United, where can they go? Well, go to go to uh, Dave Talks, but hopefully by the time that you're on it, if you just put it into you put it into Google, I'll be number one on the SEO. Um, if I'm lucky, is there someone else who's uh, ahead of you? Uh, if I you don't type know, in Dave Talks, no, not not with Dave Talks. If you type Mkhitaryan to United, let's see. <laughs> type it in, Dave. I'm going to be upset here. I'll be nowhere near there. All right, let's go on the videos. Let's see. Yeah, nowhere near, Lawrence, I'm afraid, mate. Yeah. It's sad, sad but true. I've, I've, I've no... Right. No way, mate. No, actually, I'm on the first page of the Google search. Yeah, but I mean, that is also searching from your own account. Going up, Dave, up. The, the more that you search from it, the more that you search for it, the higher it'll get. So the more you search for it and the higher up that you push, Dave, the better, essentially. Yeah, you, you continue this evil capitalist machine that's been created. I mean, that's uh, sinister, Dave, but okay, fair enough. Um, Lawrence, what about you? Where can we find you? Lost or Cast. Adam. Uh, L-O-Z-C-A-S-T or Adam Boltwood. A-D-A-M-B-O-U-L-T Wood. W-O-O-D. He's out in France. Hopefully we're going to talk to him after the England game tomorrow night on the podcast. Very much doubt it, though, because he, he deserves the lion on his back. He very much... Um, uh, forsake us forsoked forsaked us forsook forsook us um who also plays right wing for chile uh anyway dave thank you very much for joining us tonight i uh, will see you guys tomorrow again we're going daily after the weekend um and we'll see you again real soon tf3 bye 